The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This town deserves a better class of criminal. And I'm going to give it to him. to the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is another edition of The Monthly Comics Cast. And of course, that means, as always, I have gathered with me the League of Substitute Podcasters, including the cosmic comic guru, Dario. What's up, Dario? Hey, everyone. The world's greatest sidekick, Paul. What's up, Paul? What's up, guys? And the defender of the secret wars, the man from beyond himself, John. What's up, John? Hello, all. Not much. Now, let me start off by uh, apologizing to everyone for the last issue had some um, some problems with it. I had some audio issues with it, and uh, I ended up cutting out everybody's reviews except for Dario because I lost it. <laughs> And that's the only one that matters. So the only one who actually had a review in in the last episode was Dario (laughs) with his Elvira stuff and everything. Which is actually pretty cool. And I was hoping for the podcast so so I could listen. I'm like, oh, I got to (laughs) remember that issue. And then I. You were like, wait, where's my my review? And you're like, ah, it doesn't matter. I just want to hear Dario. I couldn't. So, I couldn't. <laughs> unfortunately, I was not able to recover the section with the rest of our reviews, but that's okay because you know it is what it is. But that's okay because we have reviews for tonight, and there will be no audio issues. I promise. Okay, you know I can't. The really fireworks in the background. Yeah, they're shooting off fireworks in my town. Um. So let's get started, shall we? And um, who would like to go first? Hmm. How about we start with uh, John? Oh, no, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Usually you go with Dario. All right, I'm ready. I got two books to review. Before you go any oh. further, can you do me a favor? At some point, can you change his name from guest user to his real name? He's been here oh, a while. I he think, deserves a name. I think, I, he I has think to that's. Do that. I think I have to do that. Yeah. I'll try to figure that out for the next uh, next That's one. Well, you Thank to, you. Yeah. You have to have a login and anyway. Yeah. So I have Clobberin' Time issue three, and this is basically uh, the Thing and Doctor Strange, and uh, mm-hmm. it's the Thing's issue, of course. I, I think I reviewed issue one. I can't remember if I issued reviewed issue two or not. I don't but this think is so. Three. I think somebody reviewed oh, issue two. Oh, oh, okay. So the story in art is by Steve Scrosi, uh, and the colorist is Brian Valenza, and the letter is VC's Joe Sabino, and the cover artist is Steve Scrosi, which hopefully I'm not butchering that Grosche? too badly. <laughs> I think yeah. that's right. Steve Scrosi. So. Scrosi. Scrosi. The uh, issue is going on about uh, this time-traveling guy, Ogdu. 
it, I, this is the issue I think where they finally announced his name because he's been giving the thing a couple of uh, tough times in the last couple of issues. And he's time traveling, picking up all these items to kind of uh, make himself more powerful in the future. And that end story hasn't been released yet. So he's asked Doctor Strange because the last issue, he got the guy's arm and he's like, hey, can you help me find out who this guy is and track him down? And Doctor Strange like, sure. So he's having dinner with his aunt and uncle, his aunt Petunia. You know, I thought she was younger, but that's yeah. I was about to the, ask you, Apatunia was uh, a lot younger at one point, right? She was supposed yeah. to be like younger than him, right? I mean, realistically, so. we're all younger at one point, but right, <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I got a, I'm a little confused on that. Maybe there's some time travel in there. Dario and Paul can argue over that, <laughs> but of course, this is uh, Doctor Strange brings this beast, this uh, monster, and and it gets smashed against the wall and guts are everywhere and you know everybody's having dinner like a little gross uh, anyways it goes on <laughs> and uh dr strange is like yeah this guy is after this ring this ring uh it's not a ring of power but it's uh the band of supplication and it was taken from a dark wizard called macron so this guy is taking it from other bad guys you know and he's trying to uh, make himself more powerful. So they go into uh, this other dimension to try to find this guy. I have to og ogdu o g d u. <laughs> this is the bad guy, and he has a metal nose, you know, and stuff like that. He's kind of like a cyborg and has tattoos of like uh, Avengers and Venom and all different types of uh, Marvel heroes and stuff like that. So if you were a and, cyborg, that would be the thing you get. Is a cyborg. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. You know, here he is here. I don't know. The lighting doesn't seem too good, but that's the guy. <laughs> With extra smelling and, power. Yeah, there you go. It's For like a smelling power. And so it's kind of, uh, they actually go against the other wizard that I was talking about and this guy at the same time. And so it's kind of like a free for all, you know? And so in the end, Dr. Strange gets beat up and he's like, Oh, get my, get my healing potion. And the thing's like, Oh, okay. You know, I'll get the healing potion because he has broken bones and he's bleeding all over the place. And, uh, the bad guy shoots a gun and goes to the bottle. Here it is here. And he's like, Oh no, <laughs> it's, it's destroyed. And, and, and poor, you know, Doctor Strange is on the ground, like, oh no, what am I gonna do? So, the thing, you know, he's he's like, uh, he has some on his hands and all over him, and he's like, yeah, that catch, and he he flings some from his hand, and it magically goes right into his mouth. <laughs> if you can see that there, and Doctor Strange is like, ah, much better. Let's portal out of here, you know, and he portals out of there, and. Uh, that's basically how the issue ends. And, uh, you know, you find uh, he's with his uh, wife, Alicia. I think that's his, his, her name, right? Yeah. Is it Alicia? Yeah. And uh, the guy, uh, he's getting ready to, they're getting ready to go to bed and he teleports him into a dark dimension. And that's the way the issue ends. But uh, it's still, to me, it's very interesting. Uh, I think 
you guys probably don't care about the time traveling and stuff like that, but I do enjoy the artwork. Well, time travel depends. It's either good or it's terrible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most of the time it's terrible. Yeah. It depends on the writer. Right. And this seems to be like a standalone and I don't think it's going to affect the Marvel universe too much because it's, Yeah, yeah. I think it's meant to be like more comedy and stuff like that. But of course, uh, I don't know if you give it like a rating of good, bad, or indifferent, but I, I like this. I would recommend this to somebody. All right. Perfect. I want to know is where the hell is Mordred when you need him? Mordred? Oh, yeah. He's, he hasn't been around in a while. I haven't seen him in a while. Probably dead. But he used to be, I think he came, I think he was first appearance was Marvel 2 and 1 as well. Mordred the Mystic? I think he first appeared in Avengers. Okay. You know what? We have an editor in the house. Oh, that's right. A silent editor in the house. My next book is Shazam, issue two. So in the first issue, he's going around saving people, and he snapped at the end of the issue saying, I saved all you people. You people are jerks. You should respect me more. And he's going on and on, and it gets on social media, and so... He goes home and all his brothers and sisters are like, what are you doing? What are you, why would you, you know, say all these bad things about people that you just say? Da, 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 da. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know why. You know, and <clears throat> so in the meantime, another dinosaur shows up. <laughs> in the first issue, he saved the dinosaurs through their spaceship into outer space to help them because it couldn't lift off the planet. And this dinosaur is a, a lawyer dinosaur he's his little cap and stuff he's got he a says, monocle <laughs> <laughs> and the monocle yeah and uh um before you continue pardon yes. the interruption i have some news which i believe you will find most interesting uh it looks like mordred the mystic his first appearance was in what the heck i just had it it's avengers <laughs> it's avengers it is pretty sure no it isn't it isn't. No. Oh, no, I guess I went. It's oh, Marvel Mystic Tales. Marvel, Marvel Chillers, number one from ah, October okay. 1979. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was my next right. guess. Yeah. That, was, that was a good guess. Um, oh, right. So back to the dinosaur. He's a lawyer and he pulls out all his paperwork and says, hey, you weren't supposed to put throw that ship into uh, space. There's all this paperwork you got to fill out. Da, 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 da. And, <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> he kind of like he sneaks out of the house and gets away from the dinosaur. He's like, all right, I can't handle this right now. And who does he run into? But uh, you guys probably know him, Psycho Pirate. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he controls emotions and stuff like that and is able to kind of uh, make people do things. Dario and Paul, maybe even you, Derek, can uh, elaborate on him. And he's like, he must be the guy that made me snap and do all this stuff. And so he's going through and he's, uh, he's trying to steal the Mona Lisa and he steals the Mona Lisa. I think, no, yeah, he has it. And anyways, his mask gets knocked off and he's like, it's like, it wasn't me. Listen, if I could, I would do it now and I'm not able to do it. And he's like, Oh no, that means somebody else is doing it. And in the end, uh, there's an epilogue here, and of course, I can't remember what's going on in the epilogue, but some of the other gods are there, and they're, it looks like they're conspiring against him. 
I don't know if Dario's read this or Paul has, but yeah. So what they're doing is they're 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 all they're testing him because they all feel like he doesn't deserve their powers. So they're all they're all they're not really testing him. I think they're trying to break him. Is what they're trying to do. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. One of the things is I was I just had to look it up real quick because I was pretty sure that the, that guy who drew that book, um, he drew the scale for Mona Lisa way too big. And uh, when I was looking at it, I was like, ah, it's too big to be Mona Lisa. Yeah, Mona Lisa is actually small. <laughs> what book was that again, John? This is uh, Dawn of DC Shazam issue two. Okay. The cycle, the cycle pirate ain't nothing but a third rate uh, Z lister. Second pirate is super powerful if he uses his powers right, but most of the time he yeah. doesn't. Yep. He was a big deal in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. All the right, all the writers pretty much turned him into a turned him into a chump. <laughs> I mean, you're right; he is powerful, but if the writers can't hand, you know. And so this issue, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what kind of rating I would. I like to clobber in one time a little bit better. And this one's pretty good. I'm going to keep up with it because I'm kind of curious of uh, what's going to happen next to Shazam, of course. But it's keeping my interest, so I'm going to keep on going with that one. That's I'm glad. He's such shoulder. a good character. I'm glad. I'm, I, hope you, I hope you keep reading it. I like that book a lot. Yeah, I, I wanted to branch out a little bit. And I've always been curious about it. Now I want to kind of go back and pick up some of the back issues. But there's a lot of them. Uh, the Power oh, Shazam, the, prints. the Power yeah. Shazam that came out in the eighties and nineties is really good. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll look into that. Maybe it'll be off the shelf in the future. That and that and Justice League International. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I'll have to look into that as well. And that is all my reviews. All right, that's all except you know? for the off the shelf. Yeah. Hey. All right, oh. then let's move on to Paul. Okay, look. But my first one, uh, I don't know if you can see it. Ooh, Ooh. Oh. Number one. I'm glad you read that. But it's really seven. Uh, I mean, it's just where they pick up from the last, where the last um, yeah. ended. They have a whole new, they have like a whole new creative team. It's really 782. Issue 782. But it's the Incredible Hulk number one instead oh, okay. of yeah, the Hulk. The legacy number is 782. Okay. And who is the creative team? The creative team is the writer is Philip Kennedy Johnson. Hmm. Not familiar. The artist is Nick Klein, K-L-E-I-N. Hmm. The colors are Matthew Wilson. And the letters is done by BC's Corey Palette. And they had like they had like seven they had like six more um variant covers by okay. various artists. Uh Patrick Gleason, uh George Perez with Edgar Delegado. Doing the covers or doing the interior? Just the cut that's the variant covers. Yeah. Okay. And uh Scooty. Scooty Young, Scotty Young, Scotty, Scooty Young, <laughs> you know Scooty. Scooty. Hey, that's how it's spelled. Hey. <laughs> so the book starts off starts off in Iraq during a um like a, a archaeological dig, and 
they think they thought that they they came across like a king's tomb, but it was just it just had um almost it was almost like a sacrificial for a god temple type on the ground. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the archaeologists comes possessed and starts wiping out the rest of of the um of the archaeological dig team and the whatever possessed the, the um excuse me, whatever possessed the the archaeologist uh you mentioned the green door is closed. Is it the green door is closed? Yes. Okay. And then he it wipes out the party. He goes and he goes. Mother, I'm coming to release to free you, you and my brothers and sisters, because the green door is shut. So he mentioned the green door twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then it jumps six years to the present, where they're in Kentucky. They they um they they focus in on a um. Like a, a roadside diner where Bruce Banner walks in, they get a sandwich, <laughs> breaks up a conversation. You know, I'm kind of in a hurry. I got somebody's somebody's uh, trying to track me down, and I don't want to, you know, do too much leeway, meaning the hole. So um, it sees him, sees him going, sees him getting ready to leave, and the waitress that's Handling, that's handling his, you know, making change for him. He hears a hog's voice as she's talking, saying, "Banner, I'm coming for you, and I know where you are." So it kind of freaked him out. So he he bolts out, he bolts out of the diner and into the woods, where something spooks him, and he transforms into the Hulk, and that's where it left it off. So he pretty much has the Hulk contained. Even even when he's like sleeping, so I don't know if it's through meditation or or whatever he's doing, but it's kicking off. It's kicking off the um. They call it the the age of monsters, hmm. and the art's really really good. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm interested in it, but you know, I'm a Hulk fan. Right? Yeah, I am too. I'm gonna have to check it out. Um, I for the common probably be like a two hmm. i mean for me for me it would be like a standard standard number one issue mm. stepping stone right but it's gearing up the end of it was gearing up to get excited and then they said you know we continued next season <clears throat> so yeah, real quick was looking up the green door while i was talking about it because i didn't realize it had shut i know it sounds weird that i'm even worried about this but I guess at the, I guess at, at the end of a Mortal Hulk, it was shut during that because I didn't realize it had shut. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So, so you, had, you had the Immortal Hulk, the whole thing with the green door. Yeah. yeah. Which is like the subconscious between Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Yep. No, the green the green door was a was a door that opened up to the lower to the very bottom layer of hell, and then the, if you were a gamma mutate. And you died. You could go through and come back to life. Just interrupt. I mis I misunderstood that. I just thought it was like his subconscious that you know that he sees his dad. He sees yeah, no, his dad was a bad guy, so he was he was in the bottom yeah, layer of hell yeah, too. Yeah, 
But uh, well, I read, I read, and then <clears throat> the next story that just said the Hulk on the cover, where he, where he was that robot. Yeah, oh, yeah, the series before this, you mean? Oh, the spaceship, starship, Hulk, yeah, starship Hulk, yeah, starship Hulk. Oh yeah, I read two issues, and I'm like, this is crap. <laughs> I read that entire thing. Oh no, did you? It didn't, much, it didn't get much better. Yeah, really. I was joking with John the other day. I said, "You realize that the, almost everybody in the Marvel universe at one point has been irradiated with gamma radiation. <laughs> like a lot of people have been Hulks, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people have been have been Spider-Man. Venoms, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people have been Carnages or Venoms or that kind of thing. So if you're a gamma mutate." You're immortal because you can go through a green door whenever you want. So basically, everybody's immortal at this point. <laughs> and if you were possessed by a symbiote, that means that your DNA is logged into the codex, and that and that almost everybody on Earth is in the codex. <laughs> 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 isn't, isn't Rick Rick Jones still a bomb? I don't know what's going on with Rick. Rick was I don't know. Rick was a bomb, but then after he went through the green door, he came back. Um, he was a weird mutated thing. So he was like, "Did you see the TV? Did, did you see the movie The Thing? John Carpenter's The Thing?" Yep. Yeah. So you know how all those all those things were like really grotesque mutations. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Rick was one of those. Rick was like long and bent upside down, and his oh, his yeah. head was hanging. And right, that was Rick. <laughs> And then I think he straightened out and was a regular human, but he would just—he was still crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. I think I think at the end of the series he was humanoid, but his eyes were glowing green, so he's kind of like an undead dude. <laughs> nice. Noise. Noise. All right, what else you got, Paul? The next one I have is a back issue of the Almogon DC and. Ooh. Oh yeah, and Magneto with the magnetic man. Well, yeah, Magneto with the magnetic. Now, um, this is yeah. back. This is from back when Marvel and DC had a crossover. Um, Long time. And they did. They did what they called the Amalgam Universe, which was they combined a DC and Marvel character to create uh, a new character. I mean, when did it come out? Like in the late nineties? The uh, ninety-six, maybe ninety-seven. Yeah, that sounds right. I remember, like they had like um, Dark Claw, who was a uh, Wolverine and Batman. Yeah, he was the best one. Yeah, J- JLX. Yes. Generation yep. Hex. Yeah. Bruce Wayne, <laughs> Agent the Shield. Oh yeah. yeah. Bullets, yeah. bullets, and bracelets. Yeah, assassins. Oh yeah, that's right. I do remember that one. That was Punisher and one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speed Demon. Oh yeah, Speed yeah. Demon. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fate. Doc, no, yeah, Doctor Fate. Doc, no, yeah, it was. It was Doctor Fate. It's Doctor Strange Fate. Doctor Strange Fate. Yes, yeah. yes. That's right. Up, up, up oh, that one yesterday. Did you? Did you? Yeah. And it was, and the weird thing too, it was, it was uh, Xavier that was wearing the helmet. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, jeez. The creative, the creative team for Magneto and the Magnetic Men writer was hmm. Gerard Jones. 
and he gave he gave credit he gave credit to uh for, for assistance to uh Mark Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art was Jeff Matsuda, M A T S U D A Matsuda. If I'm butchering them, I apologize. The anchor was Art Ebert with Jamie Mendoza, Jamie Mendoza, Barry mm-hmm. Tucker. The letters you can tell it was the '90s because they actually had one. One person for the lettering was uh, Richard Stocking. The colors were Kevin Tinsley, and the editor was Mark Powers. I don't think they were doing digital. I don't think they were using computer coloring at that point either. I think back then it was still hand coloring. Yeah, I think. I think I had so. to tell when it clicked over. Mm-hmm. So I just read this, and I couldn't make heads or tails mm-hmm. out of this. Oh, they're all trash. They're the absolute worst. I think there's only two that are good. They make yeah. no sense. They're just, they're just, they're just. They had the main, the main villain was Sinister Tron. Sinister Tron. Minister, uh, it was Mister Sinister and and Ultron. <laughs> why would you think, why would you merge two Marvel characters together? I thought the whole well, point was Marvel and DC. Wait, yeah. I was, I thought they yeah, would have should have been. Merge. I thought they they would have merged. Ultron was Amazo. Yeah, that would have been cool. No? That makes sense. Uh, Magneto, Magneto was Magneto. His brother, who was who created um, Sinatron, was Will Magnus. Who Magnus? Will. Will Magnus. And He's going by, in this book, he's going by Eric Magnus. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. And he made, he had um, five or six, like, robotics, which is the, which is the magnetic men. Um, Did they all repel each other? Oh, actually, they mm-hmm. are all, they're all powered by... Um, Magnetism. Magnesium, uh, magneticism. Magnesium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I haven't gotten any goddamn sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> so they're fighting. They're fighting uh, sinister. They're fighting sinister. Um, Sinatron, and they where they where they caught up to him. They were like at his home base where. He had hundreds of thousands of mutants, like in like chrono, uh, like sleep sleep chambers, mm-hmm. just using them using them as like lab rats. So they were they, they were trying to put a stop to it. It was pretty much what that what the book was, just one long drawn out fight. With a, no, with, the joy with, of these with, books is that they're one shots too. You know, I mean, yeah. they may have a cliffhanger, but you're never going to get the other part. No, that magne- magneto just yeah. like standing on the side, you know, rehashing either the past or bitching about the bitching about the um the present. Are they wearing like like a thousand pouches? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's about the right time. That's the that's the era of the pouch. Yeah. <laughs> did I say? Did I say Rob Wheatfield? No, I did not. Uh-huh. Well, I didn't ask you if they were hiding their feet. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Maybe they were. Who the hell is that book? <laughs> so, um, before you continue... Pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. So, the Amalgam books were um, 1996 to 1997. Dario so got it. 27 years ago. Oh, my God. Ooh, and wow. There were 24 one-shots in total, um, half wow. put out by Marvel, half put out by DC. And uh, the titles of the books were Amazon, Assassins, Doctor Strange Fate, JLX, Legends of the Dark Claw, Super Soldier, uh, Bruce, Bruce Wayne, oh, yeah. Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Bullets and Bracelets, Magneto and the Magnetic Men, Speed Demon, Spider-Boy, X-Patrol... Bat, <laughs> Bat Thing, Dark Claw Adventures, Generation Hex, JLX Unleashed, Lobo the Duck, <laughs> oh, no. Super Soldier Man of War, Challengers of the Fantastic, I remember that one. I had that one. Uh, mm-hmm. The Exciting X-Patrol, Iron Lantern, I remember that one. Uh, the Magnetic Men featuring Magneto. Spider-Boy Team-Up, and Thorian of the New Asgard. Asgard. It's Thorian? Thorian. Excuse me, Thorian. Oh, yeah, because it's Thorin Orion. Of the New Asgards. There you go. That was the amalgam stuff. Some of those are really good. Amazon was, um, I don't know if it was written by John Byrne, but I know he did the art for it. And that was Storm and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Well, Wonder Woman was crossed over with a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. but... She was wearing the Wonder Woman costume or part of it. So, I I remember picking up bullets and bracelets because of, uh, that's Gary, Gary Frank. Frank in that book too. Yeah, that was really good. That was I think that was the only one I picked up. What was bullets yeah. and bracelets? Who was that? It was like, Frank Castle who was blonde. He was a combination right. of Frank Castle and Steve Trevor, <laughs> and he was married to uh, Diana Prince, who was an Amazon. It was um, she left Themyscira. Mm. So she wasn't the Wonder Woman, but they're all kind of in a shared universe, even though there was some stuff that was like duplicated multiple times. Right. I know Bat Thing was Man Bat and Swamp Thing. Mm. Uh-huh. Man Bat and oh. Swamp Thing. That's oh, not no, right. that would be too Man Bat and Man Thing. Yeah. Man Bat. Oh, yeah. And Iron Lantern was um, Iron Man and Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I know a lot of like the team books were just a mess. Like the Magneto and the Magnetic, magnetic Man, they would at one point they were just like, eh, we'll just <laughs> let's throw this together, see how it looks, all <laughs> <laughs> for the best. Yeah, we're making yep. money. Who cares? Right. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> the nineties in a nutshell. So I, I think, I think we I, talked. Oh, I bought ahead, most Derek. of them, if not all of them. Oh yeah, I bought all of them too. I, 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 I think we talked about this before, but I think around 96, 97, 98, I kind of stopped collecting mm-hmm. all the present day books because I thought there was just too much stuff like what we're, we're talking about now. I just, I thought it was overkill and they just. There was a lot of garbage. That was when yeah. there was a lot of garbage happening and it was like all that, all kinds of junk. Yeah. Image, image was exploding, right? They were just trying to put out as many comics as they could. You had Valiant Comics and. I think at that point, Valiant Comics kind of streamed away from what they were doing, which yeah. Well, at that good. point, at that point, Valiant was about to get bought out by some acclaim video game company. I think bought them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
the clean yeah. bottom. And then Malibu, remember Malibu? Yeah. This could be yeah. a discussion for another podcast, yeah. but Malibu, Malibu lasted a year, was making money, and Marvel went, ah, no, have some money. We own you. <laughs> <laughs> and then they shut him down. Yeah. <laughs> well, DC did the same thing with Wildstorm. They bought Wildstorm? Yeah, well, they absorbed yeah. Jim Lee, and Jim Lee's Wildstorm, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. Then you had oh. All right, Paul, what else you got? Um, the other one, if I didn't ha- if I didn't need this for the collection, I would have tossed it over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't find, I couldn't find visual one to, to replace it. <laughs> the last one I got is, let me get it out. It's an oldie but a goodie. The DC special. On the the three musketeers in Robin Hood. Huh. It's probably Does before it like your time. Reprint? No, it's not a reprint. It's um, it's original. Seventy-five. Oh, another back issue. It was just. It was. I I saw it in my childhood. Just said buy it. Yes. Buy the book. <laughs> I love it. And then and the nostalgia is just like. Overwhelm me. I mean, right off the yeah. bat, you you open up the book. What's there? What? I don't know if you guys can see it. All I can see is your tattoo. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, is a Superman ad? Superman hostess ad. Oh, yeah, I loved it. Back in, you know, it was a, it was a much safer time back in the seventies when you could defeat crime with hostess cupcakes. Mm, yep. That was awesome. Yeah. Right. That was the best. <laughs> And then it had the first story was uh, the Three Musketeers. Was it so? Was it just an adaptation or no? It was an actual story. Hmm. It was an original an, story. A, um, let me see if I can find the story. Story by Dennis O'Neill. Wow. And I can't make out the artist because it's like almost faded. Hmm. Um, I loved it. It just it just brought me back. I had this. I bought this off the rack. Oh, you did. And wow. I read it. It it just the nostalgia just freaking hit me so hard. Yeah. Like, you know something it. to be said. This happens to me all the time when I'm doing back issues. There's something to be said about finding <laughs> finding a book that you just that you just loved. It could be yeah. trash. It could be the absolute worst book in the world. And oh, you're yeah. just like, I don't care. I'm gonna buy it. Right. Yeah. Yep. So the, the name of the story is a monster, a monster met on the road to Calais, Calais, E-A-L-A-I-S, Calais. What it is, is they were on the road, uh, the three musketeers were on the road bringing, bringing a scroll or a pot, uh, like a document to Spain, well, the, the Spanish ambassador was going to meet them so they could sign a treaty between Spain and France to stop the stop the English. So along the way, they see a like a coat, like a stagecoat, being being in the process of being robbed. So as the king's the king's guard, they they had to intervene and stop them. Well, inside was was this way uh. Lady, 
and they thought that they thought that she was being kidnapped. It was Milady de Winter, wasn't it? It was another. It was another name. Oh, it wasn't because she's usually the female bad guy in that story. So, but it is they they, they escorted her to the nearest inn because the horses needed needed to be watered and fed, and it was getting dark. So she retires for the night, and a little while later, they they're being they get attacked by a by like a monster, and the this monster's trying to get. Is trying to get that parchment, that treaty from the musketeers. So then D'Artagnan grabs the treaty, leaps out the window, smashes through the front window, and disappears, hoping that the monster would either follow him or get lost looking for him. So next morning comes, they all regroup and they go on their merry way. The (laughs) merry musketeers. And they get. There's nothing merry about the musketeers. <laughs> they gotta stop. They gotta stop the coach because one of the wheels broke or got damaged. And lo and behold, here comes the monster. Come to find out that the monster had an amulet around its neck, which the lady had the same exact amulet. So the lady's the monster. She's trying uh-huh. to stop the treaty from happening. So he, they take off the am, take off her amulet, and she can't turn into a monster. Mm. I mean, it's the seventies. What do you want? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's, it's a no brainer. You see a monster wearing an amulet, the first thing you do is take it off. Yep. I love I love looking at the at the advertisements for the from the Superman hostess <laughs> to the blow pops. It's too bad there's not enough of those out there for them to make a book about it. I mean, because there's maybe a oh. dozen for each for each company. The hostess so. ads, yeah. Mm. Like like Titan could do. It, you know what I'm saying? Titan mm. puts out books, regular books. So why can't they put out like all the Musketeers, all the Robin Hood, like all in one volume? Even uh, even if yeah. you did like, the uh, the Sunday the Sunday illustrations of like Prince Valiant. Oh, yeah. oh, they've done those. They've done the Prince Valiant on Sunday things. I have this. I have the Flash Gordon newspaper strips collected, and then I also have the Superman ones. They did a um, like for I don't know, like like five or six years. Superman was in a newspaper, and I have all those collected. Those are good. But they they, they 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 print them in magazines, not magazines. They print them in hardcover books, lengthwise. Here, here we go, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, you kind of flip it, yeah. Yeah, because they were they were, they were drawn for a newspaper, so they they didn't want right. to break up how it was presented, so they come along. Is that like from the nineteen fifties or? 40s? No, there's some stuff. There's Fantagraphics. You go to Fantagraphics website and they reprint a lot of that stuff. They got okay. they had Batman ones too. Yeah, yeah, they did the Batman ones. Yeah. So Batman that I have. So the, the 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 weekly ones will come in the will come in the the, the the books that are like this. But if they do the Sundays, the Sundays were bigger strips, and they have to put those out in really big books because they don't want to. Like again, they don't want to break up how they presented it. Yeah. But hmm. I just want to show you this real quick. Can uh, can you see oh, that? Yeah. That's cool. Is that the cake pan? <laughs> nope. Those are the banks. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, where my thumb is. Yeah. 
That was the that was the huge the oversized um the poster. No color forms. Oh yeah, you know I have color oh, I have color forms in my basement. I so color forms because it's a podcast and nobody can see these things. Paul's pointing at an old old an ad for old plastic Superman and Batman banks. Yeah, which are great puzzles. But the puzzles in the canister. Yeah, I've oh, gotten yeah. those in the store from time to time. No one buys them. They're cool though. <laughs> Do you have any more? No, not anymore. I had one, and we had it for a long time. Um, I think I bought it. It was a Superman. Yeah, good. Glad you bought it. And they asked, remember, remember the, um, <laughs> it was Batman 30, 30s to the 70s? Yeah, I have that too. I had the Batman in high cover, and I have the Superman in high cover. They did one for Shazam too. Didn't hmm. they do Wonder Woman? Uh, yeah, they did Wonder Woman too, yeah. Those are good. I have those as well. Yep. <laughs> so, and then the next one, the next story was what it was. It was reprints of Robin Hood from the Brave and the Bold. Oh, okay. Oh wow. Joe Joe Kerber did. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. So they were all right. They were cool. I liked them. So I guess uh, you're not throwing that one over your shoulder, Paul. Oh hell no. Ten dollars for this thing. <laughs> I want to see you throw something over your shoulder because I feel like it's going to hit that ceiling fan above your head and just go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, throw it, Paul. It's it's brittle. It's from the seventies. It'll it'll go all over the place. It's confetti e- everywhere. E- <laughs> e- do you remember? Do you remember when they um, had these too? See the um. Oh, there's another ad. An ad for the giant size um, giant, the real giant. Treasury size books. Oh yeah, I had the Batman and I had the super the super villains. Like <laughs> oh my god, I had all of these. You m- remember a oh. couple episodes ago when I had a book that I wanted that I didn't like, but I didn't want to throw it over my shoulder because it had a variant cover. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, I threw my notebook over sh- my shoulder. I still haven't found <laughs> that notebook. <laughs> 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 I have no idea where. You throw things over your shoulder, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> my roommate. <laughs> You might remember it, Gabriel, when they had when they had this they had the metal the metal belt buckles. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. I've never seen those in person. And one. You know what? I, I I'm actually kind of desperate to get one of these before I die, but I want to get one of the. You know, they had advertisements for the medallions. There was a Spider-Man, a Hulk, a Conan, but they, I, I think they were just you know. They were just medallions that you could that you could wear around your neck. Yeah. They advertised them in the seventies. Yeah. I've never seen one in real life. I would like to. Coins. Wow. All right. So, um, is that all you got, Paul? Yes, sir. All right, Dario, your turn. All right, I got a couple things. Um, but before I get into it, I just want to show you guys something real quick before I get into it. I went to a shop and I grabbed. This what if issue number thirteen? Ooh. What if Conan, the Barbarian, walked the Earth today? This is in really good shape. Yes, I just wanted to show that up to you guys. Very nice. And I also that, uh, John Buscema or Ernie Chan. Uh, that's John Buscema. John Buscema. Yeah, that's great. It's a great story. That's good. And there's another one I got. Is I got this ash can. Oh wow! So, oh, wow. I don't know if you remember if you remember the 1963 series that Image put out that was supposed to be a homage to like the Silver Age Marvel kind of a thing. Um, so this is signed by Steve Bissett right there. 
It's a limited edition. Oh, wow. Cool. Numbered thing. Nice. So, That's cool. All right. But for my reviews, first thing I have is from Dark Horse Comics. It's called Miss Truesdale and the Fall of Hyboria. It is by Mike Mignola as the story. Hmm. Art and oh, color wow. is by Jesse Lonegren. Letters are by Clem Robbins. The cover is also by Jesse Lonegren. And there's a variant cover by Mike Mignolia and Dave Stewart. I didn't get that one. Uh, the book sells for $3.99. And I don't know if this is a miniseries or an ongoing series. But I have seen um, Jesse's art before in the past. And it really, for being somewhat simplistic art, uh, it really speaks to me. I like it a lot. I think that this art fits the time period, too. It's set in... Uh, Victorian, actually, it's set in Paris, 1883, where a handmaiden starts out. She's in a in a secret society, and she's talking to the the, the patriarch of the society, and everyone's like, "Oh, you know, you're the greatest, the greatest, most powerful woman in the society, and we all defer to you." And so she asks her handmaiden to sit down, and she tells her a story about a powerful warrior that's very similar to Red Sonia. As you see, oh, you can't see there. This, right there, there's kind of a picture. It's a very Red Sonia-esque type of warrior. Oh, yeah. So she tells the story about this this warrior woman and how she was uh, in this old kingdom and she was forced to fight in the pits. Um, and she was you know, supposed to go there to be executed but she kept winning and it got to the point where they couldn't do anything about it. Um, so they kind of pull her aside and we're going to use her in a sacrifice for a God. And then she kind of like disappears and she goes, we go back to 1883 and Paul's gone. Paul's gone. <laughs> Paul disappeared. <laughs> 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 we go back to 1883, and the handmaiden's like, like, like looking at her, and she's like, "And that woman was you, correct?" And the lady goes, "No, I'm afraid that you have it wrong." Oh no! What happened was the the warrior woman was talking to a slave girl, and the slave girl um, was gonna poison her. She was told to bring poison to the woman uh, because she was winning too many fights, and she was gonna drink the poison and die. So the 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 young slave girl decides to tell her not to drink the wine. Um, and then when we go back to 1883, um, we find out that the warrior woman is not the the patriarch, the, the patriarch woman, but it's instead the handmaiden girl. So it ends with the handmaiden girl, like kind of just sitting there trying to figure out, you know, what her place is in this world when she was always looking up to somebody else. And she finds out that she's a, a reincarnated warrior. And then the very last page has these two very like British looking dudes like sitting in a pub. <laughs> they're talking about the whole history of this world. And on the bottom it's, it's it mentions that this is they're discussing the secret history and uh, and how that they were in the in the process of writing a book, but then shortly after this this encounter, they disappeared and they couldn't finish the book. So I don't know what is happening, but it's all part of the overall story. I liked it. That was good. Yeah. I have a, I have an issue two. I have not read issue two yet, um, mm. but I like to I like to quit a bit. So I give that a I give that a thumbs up. I give it a try if you can. All 
Nice. It's also it's also from the world of Hellboy, so if you're into that genre. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So the second book I have is from Marvel Comics, a little company. I think it's a growing comic company, Marvel Comics. They got some good ideas. Those feisty little <laughs> indie comics. Yeah, right? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Uh, so this is called Ultimate Invasion, number one. Oh, and this is, oh yeah. This launched this week, and this is the relaunch of the Ultimate Universe. This has been uh, oh. the Ultimate Universe has been defunct since nineteen four no nineteen two thousand fourteen I think when Marvel did yeah something Wars. like that yeah uh, they basically destroyed and redid the entire multiverse. So the Ultimate multi the Ultimate Universe is where characters like Miles Morales came from, and. Right. If you may have may not have seen the Maker, which is an evil version of Reed Richards, right. those are the only two people that survived, made it to the and, and survived uh, and exist in the in regular Marvel Marvel universe now. Uh, so basically, it starts. Out, this is the same creative team also that started the entire thing back in the day. So it is. Let me find the splash page. Jonathan Hickman wrote it. I know that. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't think Jonathan Hickman was on the first book, but the artist was on. This is the same artist that did Avengers. Nah, they weren't called Avengers. They were called the Ultimates. The Ultimates, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian Hitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who it is. I mean, I'm not going to find the splash page. Oh, it's right in the middle book where it belongs. So yeah, writer is Jonathan Hickman and penciler is Brian Hitch. And the anchor wow. is Andrew Curry. Colorist is Alex Sinclair. The letter is VC Joe Caramaga. How do I say it? Caramanga. Caramanga. And then, obviously, there's a thousand different cover artists that they have here. I am very uh, curious to hear your thoughts on this one. So, Brian Hickman. Yeah. Uh, Hickman. Uh, Jonathan Hickman, is, whenever he does a book, he likes to do his own little art style. Uh, so, right. he's you'll find a lot of the a lot of these like semicircles going on and all the stuff in his, right, in, his yeah. in his chapters. Um, so it starts out with a heist. There are these dudes in a van with weapons, plotting and going charging into this building and getting their fortune. There's one guy in charge. The other guys feel like they're going to get rich off of this job, and they're going to get, I think, something like they're going to get like a like a million each, right? So they, they bust in, and all the regular people that are in the lobby, there's a bunch of armed guards in the lobby, and there's a bunch of regular people on the army. When these guys go in, um, they the art is great. Like They bust in with these weapons that are like pulse weapons, and the way that they draw it, it really feels like you know they fired it, and it's something goes like, blah, 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 and it kind of throws everybody up against the walls and all that stuff. So... They're using all these weapons and breaking in, and everybody in the lobby is a skilled like fighter. So they, they, they even the people in the suits are like fighting against them, um, and they're able to get through. They get a they get a um, security card and they break into a cell. And in the cell um, is this dude totally naked, um, who's just sitting, relaxing, waiting for people to come in. Is the evil Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe? Uh, who goes by the name The Maker. And he's kind of like talking to them, telling them how he's going to make them rich and all that stuff. And 
ultimately he's got a, his, his plan is to escape, but he doesn't want to look like he escapes. So he, he uh, handpicked all these people to come in and break him out. And he kind of used their DNA to make a clone of himself. So people would think he hadn't escaped, hmm. but hmm. it was a screw up. There was one guy that got sick that morning. And so they replaced him with another person. So he's like, well, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Uh, so his his clone isn't conscious. His clone is just kind of like, bleh. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's it's written super well. I really like just about everything Jonathan Hickman has ever written. Mm, uh, yeah, he's good. The pacing is really good. Um, it's got the Illuminati in it. Um, Reed Richards gets them together and is like, okay, so the maker, the maker's out there now. And they all kind of go into panic mode because everyone's afraid of Reed Richards when he's a bad guy. And they've really quickly kind of, they're having a meeting and they're talking about, okay, so Maker escaped. Within a day, he stole this from this place and he stole this from this place. And they go through a whole list of things that he stole. And when they're looking through it, and they're like, okay, so he stole this from Reed's lab. He stole this from Tony Stark. He stole this from Wakanda. And then he went to Atlantis and he stole something he didn't need. And then he went to, you know, the the mutant the mutants place and stole. No, what did he steal? Um, so you know how in the House of X they have all these portals that lead to Wakanda. Yeah. I mean, not Wakanda. These portals that lead to Krakoa. Yeah. Yeah. So he was able to actually steal one of those portals, and they make a whole big deal about how you can't you can't do that. Wow. So he he stole the portal, and uh, so anyway, Reed's going through it all. He's like, okay, he stole all this stuff plus two things he didn't need. And the only reason why he stole those two things is because he's showing off that he can do it. Literally. That's the only reason why he did it. Because he can. Yeah, pretty much. And they also figured out that um, he did it so they could find him. Like, he wanted them to find him. But ultimately, um, Evil Reed is able to create a portal that brings him back to the Ultimate Universe. Um, I don't know whether or not he recreates the Ultimate Universe or what happens here. But they try and go and get him. And as he's going through the portal, um, he turns to Reed and he goes, so just tell me one thing. He goes, if you could do this all over again, you could have actually killed me all those years ago. Would you have killed me? And Reed like stops for like two seconds and he just goes, yes. And then Evil Reed's like, oh, good to know. Noted. And then disappears. (laughs) (laughs) And then we jump to the Ultimate Universe where they start recapping the origin of Peter Parker which is exactly what you expected to be. Mm-hmm. Right when he was going to get bitten by the radioactive spider, um, the maker shows up and goes, oh, you have a spider on your shoulder. Boop, let me get that for you. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what's happening, but obviously he's, he's interfering with the evolution of heroes on his world. Um, I had no hope for this book when they announced it was coming out, and this was amazing. Really? I really Wow. Yeah, I was interested in it when I read about it, so I'm definitely going to be checking it out. <laughs> Excellent. So I highly recommend that book. Excellent. And then the last book I have to present to you today is <laughs> classic. We have oh, Punisher no. meets Archie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I want to go back to Ultimate Invasion for one minute. The only drawback on this book is that it's a ten dollar book. Oh wow! Ooh, it's a nine dollar book. It's steep. Mm. Yeah. And it's not. See how thick this book is? 
half of it's a story and the other half is behind the scenes. It has a, like a little article yeah. about it and then some art and that's basically it. Yeah. Wow. So Marvel Comics and Archie Comics teamed up for the crossover you've been dreading. It's 48 <laughs> pages and no ads. So, yes. A crossover you never asked for. All your, all your prayers were answered. So this is released in August of 1994. Uh. <laughs> the writer was Baton Lash. The Punisher artist was John Buscema. The Archie artist oh, wow. was Stan Goldberg. The inker is Tom Palmer. The colorist was Barry Goldman. And the letterer was Jack Mor- Morelli. Morelli. So all the, like all the Punisher scenes are done in the Marvel style. Like when it starts off, the Punisher's chasing some guy down. So it's for summer drawing the Punisher chasing some guy down. And the person he's after runs into um, a train, uh, a bus station and grabs a bus to Riverdale. And it's a guy that happens to look just like Archie, but he's got buck teeth and he's evil. <laughs> so when he gets the when he gets to the train station, excuse me, when he gets to the bus station, he's looking at the board. He can get a he can get a, a bus to Glendale. He can get a bus to Ivy Town. Um, Ivy Town, I believe, is where the Adam is from. He can get a bus to Happy Harbor, which is where the Justice League of America's first headquarters was. He can go to Riverdale. Well, that also the the uh, they used it for the first Teen Titans too. Did they? Oh, they did. Yeah. Um, Sailport. I don't know what Sailport is. Was that? Editor note. Oh yeah. Is it, well, that, that that I bet you that one's probably nothing unless it's Archie World. And then he could go to Sailport? he could go to Sail- Gotham. If you want to. Sailport. Yeah, Sailport. I don't think it's anything. But then we jump forward to Riverdale and. Archie is going to visit Veronica, and it's all drawn in the Archie style. <laughs> you know, and weirdness ensues, and then Punisher gets to gets to Riverdale, and he's trying to track down this guy whose name is Red. And when Red gets to town, his plan is to start another crime empire in Riverdale because there's no crime there. So he goes to meet with uh, Veronica's dad. And tells Veronica's dad, who's a rich guy, um, that, you know, he has plans to open up these factories, yada, yada, yada. And then he's like, whoa, you know what? You seem to be like a fine young man. My daughter needs a date for the for the prom. It's actually, it's not the prom. Like, my daughter, my daughter needs a date for the school dance. Can you take her? So <laughs> that's how he gets hooked up with Veronica. Um, which is weird because he seems like, even though he looks like Archie, he seems like he's an older guy. So it's just weird. <laughs> But it, it, this was a fun read. It's it, it's it's goofy. All the um, bad guys that are after the Punisher that go to Riverdale, they all look like regular dudes. So they're all running around like smoking and loading their guns and stuff. And then in the meantime, you know, they if they're interacting with any of the characters in in Riverdale, they're interacting with all the cartoon style characters. <laughs> but it was a fun little read. And then. Um, at the at the end, of course, Archie and the Punisher have to team up to take out Red, which they're able to do. But then they flash back to New York, and we see that Xavier is in uh, his mansion reading a file on one of the most powerful mutants to be discovered, and that they're going to send Wolverine to go check it out. And it's head. 
<laughs> That's the story. That story never happened. And um, but, for three dollars and ninety-five cents, this was a fun read. I enjoyed it. Did you did you just recently pick that up, or did you pick that up back in '94? I did pick it up in '94. Um, I don't own. I didn't. I didn't own it anymore. It was in the collection that I got rid of years ago. But this came through, and about two two years ago, I got a real high grade one that came out because there's two different covers. This is a die cut cover. Oh, okay. Um, I got a real high grade version of this, and then I bought a collection for the store two weeks ago. And this one's this one's trash. This one's been read a hundred times. <laughs> oh, so I was able to get it for dirt cheap. So nice. So it's not. It's not super expensive. I think a good copy of this is like maybe fifteen bucks. Yeah. So so um pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. The uh sailport was indeed um created for specifically for the this book. Oh. It never appeared oh. any other time. So there you go, that's sailport. <laughs> All right. What's wrong with books? Is that everything? Yeah, that's everything. Okay, so uh, I guess that's everybody, right? Um, everybody Hello, done, you done their? Oh, oh, right, me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I have. Well, he has a big stack of comics there. Not really. I have two books to um, to review, and the first one is uh, from Dark Horse Comics, and it's called uh, Murder Inc. Jagger Rose. And it was, see, I like this. Let me see. Let's see. Please. So, here it is. Huh? One thing I like about this is the creators are right there on the cover. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that makes um, it easy. Yes. That's too easy. So, it was written by Brian Michael Bendis. And ah. it was... Uh, Artwork by Michael Avon Oming, and um, the colors are Takisoma, lettering by Carlos Mangual. And um, of course, so I bought this because I like Brian Michael Bendis. Um, I don't like everything he's done, um, but I like most of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like when he teams up with Michael Avon Oming. Um, they make a good team together, so I thought, oh, this would be pretty cool. So, I would love to tell you um, what happened in this book, but um, nothing really happened. <laughs> so, it, start, it starts off with a plane, and something, you know, these people are flying through a plane, and all of a sudden one of the pilots goes nuts or whatever, and he wants to crash the plane, um, but it gets stopped by this um, bishop... A guy who's a like a bishop in the Catholic Church, but he's a bishop with a gun. He's like this big muscular guy and, and stuff. And he, he <laughs> stops the plane crash and, and and I don't know what the point of all that was, but <laughs> then we go on the next scene is this guy named Valentine and we he talks he's talking to a woman out on the street and we find out that he's, you know, he's a made man and he, he joined the mob and stuff. And then we meet uh, this Jagger Rose character, who's the woman on the cover here, and she's part of the mob too. And they go and they talk to the mob boss, and the mob boss is like, 
you know, like, hey, you're part of my inner circle now. And then he said, the Pope wants to meet you guys. And they're like, what? So, <laughs> so they're like, I don't want to meet the Pope. I had that same reaction when they said that to me. <laughs> so <laughs> so they, you. They, go to the, they go to the Vatican and they meet the Pope, who's, who's a woman. And then that's the end of the issue. That's all that happened in the entire issue. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, well, that's, I mean, you know. Are you sure? Are you sure the the title of that book's not Secret Wars? <laughs> no, right? It's kind of Secret Wars. This, so um, I'm not gonna throw it over my shoulder because it's a Bendis book. But <laughs> I didn't. Does, I didn't. You're just afraid that if you throw it over your shoulder, it'll, it'll never appear again. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Yeah, um, you're but, like a star like pit behind bishop, you. Hey, does the does the bishop have a lot of pouches? No, <laughs> he wasn't wearing much actually. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't. I, I finished the book and I was like, "What? What did I just read? What? I don't." <laughs> so yeah, I don't recommend it. I probably, I don't know. I probably won't be sticking with it. But it, I hate to say that because I, again, you know, I like I like Bendis, um, and I like the team up of him and and Oving and um, Michael Avon Oming, but. I just, it just, it was nothing. I read it and I felt nothing. <laughs> I didn't even I feel, I didn't even feel angry or anything. I was just like nothing. <laughs> so, so that's the team that usually that works on powers, right? Yes, exactly. So they've, you know, they've got a good history behind them, but yeah, I, you know, nothing. <laughs> so there you go. Don't feel, don't feel bad. I get that feeling whenever I read Grant Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love Grant Morrison, but nowadays he's just too much. Now we go past Pluto somewhere. <laughs> um, and now my other book that I'm going to review is, and this will probably not be a surprise to you guys when you see what it is, but it is. Let me guess. Ghost Rider. Oh, Danny Hedge, Ghost Rider, number one. And um, this was written by Howard Mackey, who's, I like him, he's a good writer. Um, it was drawn by Daniel Picciotto, um, colorist is Guru EFX, and the letterer is VC's Travis Lanham, and Ben Harvey did the cover. And so it's um, about the Danny Ketch ghostwriter, who, who I love. Uh, I used to read that back in the day, so it was, it's good. Um, it does also have johnny blaze in it and it's 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 um it's interesting it starts off with a little bit of a recap on you know how ghost rider got his powers and stuff and he's he's kind of going over this while he's fighting this guy who's um engulfed in flames <gasps> um and he fights the guy he the human him, torch the human torch is <laughs> exactly <laughs> um he gives the guy the pen and stare and the guy turns back into a normal human um, and then we meet this this weird looking guy called the Power Broker, and um, he f we find out that he's the one who gave the guy his powers, and he's working for this mysterious guy. Um, and then there's we there's some more talk about what you know how Danny became Ghost Rider and everything. And then he goes home and he sees Johnny Blaze there, and they they you know Johnny says I'm worried about you and all this stuff. So and then we we see um. We see them riding along, and they find they come across this guy who these two brothers who tried to um, who tried to rob a guy who turned out to be working for the mob, and uh, the power broker gave them a power where they 
they turn into this giant guy with two heads <laughs> and they go to fight the mob guy and uh of course ghost rider and johnny blaze stop them and uh and then we find out that uh the person behind all this is a former morlock you know the morlocks yeah um oh uh, yeah you might remember them from the x-men universe um and he he's able to give people these strange powers and um then we go back to a story to uh several years ago when ghost rider got was about before ghost rider got his power um the caretaker i don't remember i don't know if you remember the caretaker mm-hmm. who was uh from with Dan, worked with danny catch for a while he was getting ready to give danny catch the his ghost rider powers and he had the medallion and uh he noticed that a piece was missing and it turns out that this morlock got the broken piece of the medallion and that's how he got his his supernatural powers and that's how the issue ended mm. so mm. kind of a standard first issue but uh i liked it it's pretty good i love uh, the danny catch ghost rider i love johnny blazes in it so yeah i'm gonna stick with it i'm very happy with it i forgot that book was coming out i remember i pulled up to the store the other day and we had put a poster for it up and i was like oh yeah, yeah. so i was thinking about it i was like that came out I want to say '92, the original that book, right. when that when that first came out. 90. And I'm like, that's not like yesterday, dude. That's wicked long. That's a wicked long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I like the character a lot, and I'm glad he's back. I think the only the only thing I don't like about the character is I kind of wish they never made him Johnny Blaze's brother. I mean, he's yeah. just dude. You don't need the. They can have those two guys team up, but right. Ghost Rider, I love Ghost Rider, but sometimes, depending on who, some some writers can handle him really well, and some writers are eh, kind of not. I agree. But I, Howard Mackey, I, he'll be, I think he'll do a good job with it. But anyway, the, so the last Johnny Blaze miniseries wasn't very good. Mm. It was all right, but it wasn't great. So that, is this is this a miniseries? I don't. I I'm not sure. No actually, I'm not sure if it's a mini or an ongoing. Of course, it doesn't say. It's like May of 1990, the original Catch. Kind of, is that what his name is? Yeah, Danny Catch. Yeah. Danny Catch, yeah. 1990? Mm. That's what it says here in the so Marvel close. database. Two years off. Not bad. Mm. Pretty good. All right, so that's it for our reviews. So now we move on to our next section. Hail Hydra. That was that was a weak hail Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Hail Hydra. There you go. It, it sounded a little bit like cough from Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that that is actually a clip from the movie. So, um, so now it's time for off the shelf review, and uh, this week was John's pick, and uh, you picked. What was it? Thanos Epiphany? Thanos Epiphany, yeah. Is it called Epiphany? So it's it's called Epiphany. It's a six issue. It's it goes for six issues. And uh this is was released in two thousand three. Well, no wonder we couldn't get it. <laughs> and the storyline goes for six issues, but I think this Thanos series goes until like issue maybe sixteen or something like that. Mm. The writer and penciler is Jim Styland. The inker is uh, Al Milgram. Uh, the letterer is David Sharp. And the colorist is Christy Scheel. 
and Heroic Age. Mm. So it's obviously some uh, computer coloring here from the looks of it. Yeah, so definitely. This, this is uh, probably after Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Crusade, I think. And yeah, way after. Thanos, Thanos is sinking now. Yep, he's... There it is, Adam Warlock. That, that dumbass pose. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, oh, go ahead, Dark. I was gonna say. So, what made you decide to to pick this one, John? Because I've read this six issue series probably about three or four times, and I enjoy it. Mm. And the reason there's a few reasons why I enjoy it. One of them is because it's Jim Starlin. I, I'm a big fan of his mm-hmm. artwork and writing. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, he goes up against Galacticus, and it's not when he's like super powerful. It's just like when he's just his average old Thanos everyday self, and he uh, <laughs> he holds up pretty good against him. And it's uh, kind of interesting the interaction, and that's why I like this this series. Mm. You know, so it, it starts out with this series. He's uh, trying to. Uh, He's having an epiphany, and he wants to make up for all the wrongdoings he's done. And so he's starting with the Regellians. And Derek, you could probably look this up, but I think the Regellians first came along when they were uh, with Thor back in the or in late 60s, I think. And they were kind of fighting with Ego or something like that, the planet Ego. That is correct. And so I always think they're kind of interesting. I don't know why, but... They're an odd type of race. You know, they have like big heads, little skinny bodies, you know. And so he goes along and they're resistant to him. And then he's like, hey, listen, I'm here. I'm here to help you because I've destroyed your planet, you know, and I want to help out any way I can. They're like, all right, well, we've lost communication with this planet. And if you could go there and find out what's wrong and... He goes there to find out what's wrong, and it's Galacticus eating the, eating the planet. Not only eating the planet, but the sun that's in that system. And Thanos is like, this is all strange because Thanos doesn't usually sit there and on a, sit on a planet for um, this long period of time. Usually he eats it right away. Galactus, yeah, he's, he's trying to figure out why Galactus didn't just immediately eat it because he can eat you can eat faster than that. Sounds weird. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Who can eat a planet that fast, right? <laughs> Come on. Galactus. Not Galactus. Galactus. <clears throat> Galactus. Galactus. I'm going to pronounce it wrong about ten more times, Paul. So That's <laughs> one of those words. But anyways, uh, so the next issue, you know, goes over the history of Galacticus. <laughs> <laughs> and... Thanos gets involved and he gets Moondragon to get involved and say, hey, the easiest way for me to communicate with Galactus is through the mind and (laughs) and let's see if we can, you know, walk him away from trying to uh, eat this planet. So he goes in there in the mind, the mind realm and makes himself the same size as Galacticus. And he tries to talk it over with him, and Galacticus is like, no, I'm done with you, Titan. You know, you're a schemer. You're just trying to get power, blah, blah, blah. 
what happens is, is Thanos is trying to stop his hunger, and he finds this alternate universe. There's another character called Hunger, and he's trying to trick Dan, uh, Galacticus into bringing him into his, our universe. <laughs> and, and so Galacticus does it. He brings him into the universe, and uh, Hunger is in our universe now, and no one knows about it yet. You know, but Thanos has a theory, and he kind of figures it out. And uh, Hunger, you know, now he's in our universe. You see him talking. This is this is going in issue four now, and he's going rattling on and on. And Galacticus says, "Okay, Thanos, I'm not going to fool around with you anymore." So he sends his Punishers out to get him, not to be confused with the Punisher with the gun, <laughs> right? He's a, this is actually the first Punisher in the Marvel Universe, not the Punisher with the gun and the skull on the, his uh, shirt. So they defeat these uh, Punishers, and then they're like, okay, we're going to have to... Thanos is like, I'm going to have to go there and talk to Thanos. Uh, ta- Thanos is like, I'm going to have to go there and talk to Galacticus face-to-face. And he goes there, of course. <laughs> And uh, he has Pip the Troll with him. He has Pip the Troll uh, teleport him into Galacticus' ship. Best sidekick ever. Pip is actually really funny yeah. in the story. He is. I yeah. Like, yeah, Pip's great. Pip's funny in everything. And uh, so Thanos is basically about ready to bring hunger into the universe. It's basically on one yard line, ready to do it. And Thanos is, uses all his might to push Galacticus away from the portal and you know Galacticus is thrown like a couple of miles and he says full alert get all the Punishers in there and you know all it does is Galacticus is gonna uh, Thanos is gonna try to destroy the portal he can't and then Galacticus is right on top of him so of course Thanos has a shield Galacticus tries to destroy his shield and it's just down to itty bittiness Paul probably didn't get a chance to read this but you can see him here doing that right so he does that and he basically beats up thanos and thanos is like no listen you can't open this portal because this guy hunger is going to come in he's going to destroy the universe and galacticus is like hey listen you're you're just trying to get all the power you're just trying to collect all the infinity gems again and he's like i'm not letting you near it so you can go away now. And so he's like an insect to him. He's like, no, you don't understand. And then all of a sudden, hunger is released. And Galacticus understands what he's done, what he's released. And the Thanos says, hey, what's your experience with interdimensional phenomenon? And Galacticus is like, minimal. N- none at all, almost. And he's like, okay, will you follow my lead on this now? And Galacticus says, yes, without question. So he says, all right, bring up your might, bring up as much power as you can to defeat this guy, Hunger. And he shoots at Hunger, and Hunger just says, mmm, yummy, that's, that's good, that's food. And Galacticus is like, hey, what would you have me do that for? Now he's more powerful. And Thanos is like, oh, I had a theory, and I wasn't sure if it was right or not, but you, you proved a lot here. You know, things to do in there. <laughs> so, uh... It, at this point, you know, uh, 
they got to try to find a way and Galactica's ship gets destroyed in the process. And they're trying to destroy the crux, which is the item that opened a portal. And that uh, basically it has all the infinity gems. I forgot to mention that. So Galactica's got all the infinity gems to open this portal. And that's how he was able to get them uh, hunger into our universe. And so that's the way that's issue five. And that's the way that issue ends. And in the next issue, you know, they're able to defeat hunger, but they have to do it through some trickery. They have a planet teleport in. So two planets collide at the same time. They have a couple of nukes. And it doesn't destroy hunger, but it's enough to, like, make him, like, teeny, 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 tiny, minuscule to the point where he's useless and they, they can't. He's just he's a spot. Negligible. He's just a spot. Yeah, he's, he's just a spot on uh, Galacticus's arm and no one can notice him. But this is my favorite part. This is a part where, you know, Thanos, all he wants to do is say to Galacticus, hey, you know, you're... You're no good. You know, I just want to prove a point <laughs> and say, you know, there's going to come a day when everybody's going to come against you and I'm going to be there sitting and I hope you learned your lesson. Don't be going into other dimensions doing this type of stuff. <laughs> Galacticus says, okay, you've had your say. In a few minutes, I'm going to have my new ship here. If you're not gone by then, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to get you for real this time, you know? And so that, that's it. That was uh, my favorite part. You can see Hunger here. He's flying away. And Jim Stalin, years later, does another prestige format on this character. And Thanos goes against him. What's that? With Hunger? Yep, with Hunger. It's in a uh, prestige format. I think it's uh, called um, Thanos. What's it called? The Hunger. No, it's, uh, it, has, it starts off with his brother first, uh, Infinity Siblings, and then Infinity wow. Ending mm-hmm. is, uh, is the next uh, one. But what do you guys, what did you guys think of it? I have all uh, kinds of mixed feelings about this book. <laughs> <laughs> this book like, is either really good in some parts or it's totally ridiculous in other parts. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, his art... At this at this point in his life is is not as sharp as it was when he was younger, um, and I think it might be because of the coloring and like the electronic new version that they do stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah that might have had uh might have affected it a little. But there's some stuff that really shines. I think the hunger looks ridiculous whenever they show him. Yeah, I, I think it, it's an easy thing to draw. And this is before he had broken his hand i don't know if you knew that oh he right. almost lost the use of his hand probably around 2012 or something Ooh. like that oh, wow. so he, he didn't draw for like eight years or something like that <clears throat> but that explains yeah. it mm. i did not know that there's a there's a scene in here where he's working with moon dragon and i was reading it and i'm like oh my god I'm like this guy is such a tool because <laughs> he's like He's like trying to force Galactus to do his thing, and then the, the psychic their psychic connection gets broken. And uh, Moon Dragon's uh, Moon Dragon's like, but Thanos, I can still prove useful to you. I might. And he's like, no, the matter is not open for debate. Thank you for your assistance. Goodbye. He sends her away. Yeah, that's great. And Warlock's like dismissing Moon Dragon in such a curt fashion. 
may make it more difficult for you to attain her services when next needed. And Thanos says, that might be true if the annoying woman had any kind of actual life warlock. <laughs> he needlessly jumps at any chance to be involved in celestial manners matters. Wow. <laughs> he is, he's just ruthless. <laughs> he's so mean. <laughs> and then I thought about it. I'm like, Moondragon is literally only used in situations like this. So it's like yeah, when she shows yeah, up, yeah. she's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll help you, Thanos. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like Mantis. Oh yeah, her and Mantis. Uh, and the other thing I was I, like, I feel like this obviously happens well after the Infinity Watch, right? Yes, and they yeah, were all part of the Infinity Watch, right? And Thanos at one point threatens Pip the Troll with dissection because he wants to figure out how <laughs> yeah, Pip how he teleports teleport. around. How he can teleport perfectly, and I'm like, he's got the space gem. <laughs> yeah, the gem you gave him. He's got the he's got the space. But the thing is, is that he obviously doesn't have the space gem anymore because right. Galactus does it. So I don't know when Pip kept the ability to teleport. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe the after effect of on holding on to the gem for a while. Uh, you're bringing Marvel science. No That's what you're doing. And then I don't know. It's a huge. And then there's there. other goofy things like, like they, when 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 Thanos talks to Galactus, Thanos makes this pretty funny remark about about how um, Galactus makes a remark about how Thanos had stole Galactus's DNA because there was a storyline. Oh where, yes, where Thanos <laughs> there were like Thanos versions of everybody. You know, it was like a yeah. Thanos Galactus. I almost, I almost <laughs> brought yeah. I almost brought that one on board, but I said. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a little too much. You gotta, yeah, you gotta think it over. You're like, okay, I got yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it, no, was, it, was an, it was a weird story. It was interesting. Um, perhaps not the best Thanos story or the best Jim Starlin, but it was interesting. Mm. For me, the best Starlin stuff is the Warlock arc. Yeah. Yep. Like, Warlock's, like, became one of my favorite characters just because of that arc. Yeah, so. yeah. Me too. Yeah, from the seventies or yeah, yeah, yep. the one where he goes against the Church of Light. Oh yeah, in the Magnus, Magnus, and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, I love it. I like his great artwork. Mm-hmm. I like his artwork. I like his storytelling. I like like Davio. I like um, the Warlock. The whole the whole series. He did he did Dreadstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. That was amazing. Um, and I believe I don't know when it was during DC with the um the uh, the Hawkman Hawkman's world went to war with oh yeah oh yeah yeah I read that it was a Rand Thangarian war yes yeah right. yeah right. That, yeah that'd be good too yeah that was good he did a book for Malibu I think Malibu uh, called Reed which was pretty good yep. I met him uh, once. He was in Boston uh, promoting Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, right. yeah. um, the breed, I think, one of the issues, either breed, either, because there was two series of breed, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the was... they brought in, they brought in Dead uh, Dread Star. Yeah. Yeah, because he owned he owned both characters. Right. Right. Yeah, there were three series, I think, of breed. But yeah, I met him a couple of times myself, and I actually got Breed issue one signed and a 
Did you? A couple you? other things, yeah. Good choice. I got um, uh, Breed, and then I think it's um, a Dreadstar annual one, which is the price. Mm. Mm. All right. Um, good stuff. Yeah, so there you go. There's our off-the-shelf book for this month. Um, I'm glad we read this. Uh, Al Milgram did something in here, too, where you did the coloring. He did the inking in this. He did the inking, yeah. yeah. So, good choice, John. Good choice. And uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so tune in uh, for our next episode, fans, because we're gonna we're gonna start something. I'm not gonna get into what we're gonna be doing, but we're gonna be doing some a special thing um, with our off the shelf p- picks for the next few picks, and um, it'll that should be fun. And in the meantime, uh, let's move on. Hail Hydra. So the last thing we're going to do is just we're going to we have a few things to talk about. Um, first of all, we'll talk about the Flash real quick, um, really quick, because apparently I'm the only one who saw it. <laughs> hey, I'm not giving that Ezra Miller any damn money. He doesn't deserve it. You know what? This is the thing when we make a statement because I agree with you, Paul. So when we make a statement like this, our four dollars because when you know neither one of us is going to anything besides a matinee, we're far too old for that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> our four dollars means nothing in the drop of the bucket for this company or Ezra Miller. So I mean that kind of monetary protest, I don't think means a lot. Yeah, but also the fact that it's not an ass in that seat is the big thing. Ezra Miller's already got his money, their money, so. Yeah, but the fact yeah, but the fact that we were not sitting in that theater with everybody else who was not sitting in that theater is a more powerful kind of a thing. If you say so, I no, I literally think that the DC universe, like their movies, is they're, they're well on their way out. They're just going to be like whatever. Yeah. Um. So here's what I will say. Um. It's not a great movie, certainly. Um. I I for one I always hated I hated Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is the Flash, and I just hate that version of it, and I hate the way he plays it. But I will say, this movie was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, it was cool seeing Michael Keaton as Batman again. Um, he had some cool parts in it. Um, there were, you know, there were a couple of cool cameos and stuff that I won't spoil, but there was some interesting stuff. Uh, the special effects in the movie were horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And there's stuff going on where that was the artistic choice. Yeah, sir, it was not. And, and <laughs> That's if, what they're saying. If it was, it was a bad choice. <laughs> it was a horrible choice. But the other thing is, there was there was it. I can't even get into it without spoiling anything. But when he's in the Speed Force, it's horrible looking. But that's not the only time it's horrible looking. So, <laughs> but I will say. And I hate to say it, but one of the best parts of the movie was actually Ezra Miller. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but he actually did a decent job as the two different berries. And I'm not spoiling anything that's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. So, there you go. It was better than I thought it was going to be, but not a great movie by any stretch of the means. And it's also... He's so, consistent about that. Hmm? They're consistent about not having good movies. Yeah. And it's kind of, I don't even, it's also kind of pointless in a way because it doesn't, I'll tell you right now, it doesn't connect to the new James Gunn stuff at all, so. 
Well, that that's the thing is everything that they're putting out in the next like year until that stuff happens. Yeah. No one's gonna. No one is gonna go see these because they're all, everyone knows that these don't. Yeah. Although, mean anything. Although they did. They- they did introduce their multiverse in in this movie, so there you go. Um, so there you go. So everything you're saying is not is 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 exactly on par with everything I've heard yeah. about this movie. That people like Ezra Miller's acting in this movie. That the that the movie wasn't terrible. Yeah, uh, it wasn't great, but it yeah. wasn't terrible. But um, yeah. I I I fully intended on seeing this movie just for Michael Keaton. All the way up until release date, and then I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not giving. I'm just gonna wait. I'll watch it on HBO if I'm gonna watch it. What What made you finally decide that? Just <clears throat> you heard the that fact that I about. really don't like his portrayal of the Flash. The Flash is nah. yeah. the Flash. Flash is a favorite character of mine. Kid Flash more so because I got into Flash through Kid Flash. Um, in this Ezra Miller's portrayal is not Barry Allen at all. He's yeah. just some other bozo that happened to get the powers. But yeah. um, I mean, really, is there any in this movie? They're obviously taking the Flashpoint story where Reverse Flash kills Barry's mom out of out of out of vengeance and all this stuff. But there's no Reverse Flash established yeah. in, in the in this at all. She dies. No one knows why she dies. Yeah. Right. And she in her in her just her death is enough to split the universe as badly as it did. Yeah. yeah. Not to be little, you know, Mrs. Allen. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the only other thing I will say is the Michael Keaton um as Batman was it wasn't just a cameo. So that was kinda cool. Yeah. yeah. That's um, cool. Him and him and Supergirl had big parts, right? Supergirl kind of had a big part, but it could have been. It could have been bigger. Um, well, you know the whole big, the whole, the whole deal about that ending too, where it was supposed to, it was supposed to establish Michael Keaton and Supergirl as having been dropped into right, yeah, universe, more or less, and then they were going to stay there, and they had to read, they had to pull all that out. Henry Cavill, those, they say that there was a scene with Henry Cavill and Supergirl together, but no. Um, the other thing is they had the. Uh, I think I can say this without spoiling too much because it's already kind of been spoiled if you've seen the toys and stuff. But they have the Dark Flash in the movie, but they kind okay. of wasted it. Yeah. So, did they, did, is it the Death Flash? No. No, not exactly. No, but they. Yeah, it kind of it. It was. It felt kind of like it was just thrown in there. It wasn't. They didn't really do a great job with that. But anyway, so there you go. There's the Flash. Um. Next. So- what? So there's no no reverse flash. Nope. No, there's no bad guy in the movie. Yeah, there really isn't. No, they bring Zod back, but yeah, but even then, just a recap, a historical recap of his original attack on Metropolis. Yeah, I would have brought back Zoom. No, the Zoom's never been established. We're talking. This is the Snyderverse. Yeah. So all they have to work with is Man of Steel, Justice League, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. Oh, oh it should have been Ocean Master. <laughs> or, or, or Black Manta. Or Black Manta. Yeah. Um. So, oh, if we're if we're if we're going for for new villains, why don't you bring back? Why don't you bring the Fisherman in? Oh, the Fisherman. He's in the third movie. That you're never gonna see. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on from one not so great movie to another. Uh, John, you you made a big deal saying you finally saw Ant Man. 
I finally saw Ant Man: Quantum Mania. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. But uh, what was your favorite yeah. part? Modok. Modok's little butt. Your favorite part was Modok? That was horrible. (laughs) That was the worst part of the movie. The fact that that there's a dollar amount that can directly point to how much it costs to pay to animate his little butt. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Did did it show his little butt? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I must have gone over my head. I hated the Modok so bad. Oh. (laughs) Probably when John had to get up and get get more popcorn. <laughs> there you go, yeah. That's I did that during the Justice League happened. movie. I got up to get popcorn, and I came back, and I missed the entire Green Lantern sequence. <laughs> so my friends were telling me about it. I'm like, there's no Green Lantern sequence. <laughs> like, you, were, you were in a seat. <laughs> I still haven't seen Quantum yet. Oh, oh I haven't well, seen it. Yeah. But I, I thought it was so. entertaining. You know, I wouldn't say it was like the best movie ever, but uh, I can't even. I enjoyed it. it. I can't even say it was entertaining. It was just, oh, Bill Murray was in it. Yeah, yes, Bill yeah. Murray was in it. That was funny. That's about all. I Kurt Douglas and some of his best acting. Oh, Michael oh. Douglas, not Kurt. Yeah. Michael Douglas and some of his best acting. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, wasn't it thrilling when he was trying to figure out how to fly that machine? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. John actually liked it. So, but John also liked Secret Wars. So, there you go. There you go. <laughs> there were some funny parts in that movie. I mean, but yeah, I yeah. Mean, it wasn't all bad, but it was not great. Um, <laughs> and speaking of not great, the what? According to you, neither was the Flash. What's your point? <laughs> um. So, speaking of not great, there was they have released a new trailer or a first trailer for the Craven the Hunter movie. Um, John, I know mm. you saw it. Did uh, did either of you I, guys see it, Paul Dario? I haven't seen it yet. Yep, I saw it. I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, they didn't have any uh, show Spider Man in it except for a couple of it. spiders there's coming no down. Man in it, right? Yeah, which is stupid. And pointless. Well, maybe maybe they're setting it up for a Sinister Six movie. Yeah, but it's no? you know, with Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just in the vulture. <laughs> yeah, Doc Ock. Doc Ock. They don't Sand- have Venom. No, they don't have Sandman. They don't have Sandman. Well, he could make his first appearance in a Sinister Six movie. <laughs> yeah, but he'll be the master. He'll be the master planner. It's still going to be a Sony go. movie, so it's not going to be great. But, they, <laughs> like, how does... <laughs> you know what? This is how they're going to do it, all right? The ones they can't, the ones they can't have, they're going to make, because they're going to bring the puppet master. I have a first appearance, so yeah, put him on a movie. But, I'll watch like, my clock open value. They gave, like, yeah. they made Craven out to be, like, a good guy in this movie, and, like, he has super yeah. and, like... He's super strong, and he's, like, jumping off walls and stuff, and it's just, I don't know, it just... Well, he kind of does have superpowers in the comics, but they're Yeah, he drinks, like, the, he drinks the potions, and that gives him the ability to play like he super, super, like, Spider-Man, you know, or something like that. It's, a, it's just mild, and he's, like, a great hunter, I guess, has great skills. Yes, he's a great hunter, and he, and he drinks a he drinks a potion. Right, yeah. He takes drugs! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how it happens in this movie. There was there was there was a quick moment in the trailer that 
he gets attacked by a lion and he gets yeah. wounded and then the lion drops some blood in him and his yep. lion blood mixes I don't it just <laughs> I don't it's know. a known fact Derek turned out to be child. any sort of any sort of insect or animal blood if it mixes with yours <laughs> then that's you, right you get the power you get the power <laughs> So I know a guy that got bitten by a radioactive sloth once. <laughs> Made him. He couldn't get a job again after that. He was so slow. Um, let me get. Let me guess. He was always. He was always late. Save. <laughs> save the retina. Save the people in trouble. Always late to stop the robbery. Oh no! There's a, there's a robbery. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It just it looks like it's going to be another Morbius. I still haven't seen Morbius actually. So I have also. Not I haven't seen either. That's on my list of movies. I have no desire to watch. Nope. Yeah, I saw Morbius. Yeah, and it wasn't great. There you go. That's it. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> All right, so there we go. And uh, the final thing that I just wanted to mention uh, briefly is there's been some um, rearranging of the Marvel movie schedule. <gasps> oh, great. Gasp. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's probably nothing to do with the writer's strike. I don't know. I think it does. Some of it, at least. But anyway, so. Oh, it does. Here's some changes. Um, one, there's most of them kind of suck, but there's one good change, at least, and that's Deadpool 3. Which was originally coming out November eighth, twenty twenty four, is now coming out May third, twenty twenty four. So it's actually moving. It's actually coming out early. Oh, cool! So there you go. That's a good one. Um, and Captain America: Brave New World, which was originally coming out May sixth, twenty twenty four, is now coming out July twenty sixth, twenty twenty four. Brave New World is that the new title? Because they know they changed the title. That is the new title. Yes, that's Brave the new, new title. World. Right? Yep. Uh, the Thunderbolts movie, oh yeah, is has been pushed that- pushed back to December twentieth, twenty twenty four. So that's coming out after Captain America. Yes, okay. I hope this all makes sense. I hope so too. That's the thing I'm a little worried about. Um, Blade has been moved to February fourteenth, twenty twenty five, which is when the Fantastic Four movie was going to be coming out, but now that's coming out May second, twenty twenty five. And then the worst ones are the Avengers movie because they've both been pushed back an entire year. So Kang Dynasty wow. will now be coming out May 1st, 2026. And Secret Wars will be coming out May 7th, 2027. That's awesome. Did they sever ties with that actor? I don't, I don't think they have. They what? I don't know. I don't think they have. I know they've been holding off until his trial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard something about that. I don't know what the story is. Oh. John Ages. Yeah. And one, there's one, one last thing I did forget. Uh, Secret Invasion. The first episode came out this week. And uh, I like it. Yes. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mm-hmm. thought it was pretty good. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Do you guys have any particular strong feelings for or against their AI generated cr- uh, intro? Well, no, because what I read is it's not the whole intro isn't AI generated. They used AI to do like the morphing effects and stuff in the oh, intro. Oh, okay. I didn't read that. Oh, so okay. That's, so, so that's what I had read. So 
Um, that's not bad. They used it more as a tool and then like using it to create the whole intro. So I actually oh, liked okay. the intro, and then when I found that it was AI generated, yeah. like the AI generated, I was like, "Oh, I guess that makes sense." But. Yeah, it, yeah, it, pretty interesting. But yes, it looks like it's going to be an interesting series. Um, I wonder if there'll be any. Um, we already had one big death. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, I wonder if there'll be any any. Um, one one cool thing about the comic, the Secret Invasion comic, was that you could have you know like Electra was a scroll and. And We've already done yes, that. We started out. We started out with a, with a scroll yes, reveal, which was nice. Cool. Yeah. Um. And 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 um. Like Spider Woman was a scroll and stuff. So I don't know if we'll have any like big characters be scrolls, but probably not. But we'll, well they've already established too that anybody who's been replaced by a scroll is just in a pod. Yeah. Exactly. They're perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There's so that. so that'd be Hawkeye. Well, maybe. In the comic, he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing more of it. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. So, uh, is there anything else anybody, any of you guys want to bring up before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to know. Did we already talk about Enter the Spider Verse? We did not, but I did not see it. Did you see it? I did. I feel like it was good, but I felt like it was a little too long because it's a two-part movie, and I kind of oh, feel like right, it didn't yeah. have to be a two-part movie. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. Like the first, I rewatched the first movie the morning before I went to go see the, the new one, and I still feel like the the first one is a perfect movie. I think the second one's good, but I think the first movie is a better movie. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. All right. So there we go. Um. Anybody? Anything else, guys? Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, in that case, um, that brings us to the end of the episode, and that means, of course, that we want to. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, I want to thank you guys again for joining. And, uh. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Those are Thanos over my shoulder. That was a sign of Dario throwing the Thanos books over his shoulder. And on that note, um. <laughs> Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! Um, so until Nightwing is discovered to be a scroll, that's going to do it for us. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, you die in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> Scrolls are afraid of fire, aren't they? Well, Dario has to pick up his comics. Uh, I found them at least. Thank you for your cooperation.